the Jolly Roger! Rolling right along, welcome back in, host, pod, father, all-around best friend, John Duffley. Episode 4 of the Sad Pirate Podcast, coming at you, the podcast for Sad Pirates fans by a Sad Pirate fan. Calendar is turning to May, just a couple of days, we're recording here Friday, April 29th. Please don't forget Mother's Day on the 8th, you ungrateful sacks of shit. Tour to NOS, coming up for the Pittsburgh Pirates, starting with the San Diego Padres at PNC Park this weekend. Uh, they'll play Friday to Sunday, Sunday being May 1st. Already up 2-0 early here on Friday against U Darvish. So, good signs. Pirates are going to go to the Sunshine State later in the month to face the Padres again. Followed by two series with the Dodgers and three against the Colorado Rockies. Three games, I should say, against the Colorado Rockies. Divisional tilts, Cardinals and Cubs are on the docket this month. As well as eight games against those chili fed scumbags, Cincinnati Reds, coming up as well. First month of baseball, it's almost over already, so let's load the bases with four things you need to know on Pirates baseball, including our first State of the Union. Number one. All right, first up, State of the Union for the Pirates. Again, Game 20 being played right now. Friday, April 29th is a recording. So through 19 games, Pirates are 8-11. and 11. Basically middle of the pack in, in Major League Baseball. Almost across the board, too, in your in, in terms of your, your hitting categories. 17th in average, 229 as a team. You're on base plus slugging, your OPS, 18th, 631. Runs, 22nd right now, just 68 of them. They, they're, they're, they can get on base. They can, you know, hit and dink and dunk their way as they've won a couple of games in that style, but no power. Tied for 25th with only 11 home runs. Tied for sixth most amount of strikeouts as a team, 175. And then they're, again, middle to the bottom half of the pack, 15 to 25, ranking in most other hitting categories. So right now they're just kind of getting by. You'd hope they can find some some power, some production, some extra base hits, doing what they can uh, at the plate. Pitching is much worse. ERA, 29th in Major League Baseball, only 30 teams remember. So 29th in Major League Baseball. Over 5, 5.02 through the first 19 games. Uh, they've allowed 92 runs. That's 28th in baseball. Uh, average against, 252 is 26th. have allowed the fourth most hits, the fourth most walks, and are only 23rd as a team with 150 strikeouts. Pitching staff is going to be a story all year, as we said in the starters. Bullpen is starting to get a pretty significant amount of work, so... When you start to deal with some injuries, you got guys coming in and out who are going to need to pick up a lot of a lot of innings if the starters can't go. This is a marathon on a sprint, so got to hopefully get get some starting pitching cleaned up. And they've, there's been spurts of it, but uh, bullpen has not looked as sharp as they were the first you know week or two, as as, as we've mentioned. Individual leaders across National League: Key Brian Hayes ranks sixth amongst all National League batters in batting average, three twenty eight. He's tenth in on base percentage, four seventeen. Sixth in doubles, he's 10 walks, ties for the team lead, tied with Yoshi Tsutsugo. So Key Bryan playing really well, got the big contract and getting on base. Other side of that coin, Brian Reynolds is in a big slump right now. So 22 strikeouts in 66 at-bats this year, only hitting 197 and just three RBIs for somebody who, you know, all, all respect to Key Brian Hayes aside, was supposed to be the guy. So Brian Reynolds in a bit of a slump right now. He walked... Here early on Friday to uh, to to start the day, you know, 
Neil Walker said on the broadcast, but small at-bats, small wins, got to dig yourself out of a hole. Brian Reynolds, not really contributing to the hole, but, you know, still a, a quality player. Daniel Vogelback, another one we'll shout out here. 16th in, in the National League in batting average, 298. He's on base percentage, 365. Both those numbers are more efficient in the best of Daniel Vogelback's career since 2019 when he was an all-star with the Seattle Mariners. He hit 209 that year, 30 home runs, 76 RBIs. He's leading the Pirates right now with 10 runs scored and three home runs. So Vogelback is that designated hitter spot. Remember, this is the first year the National League has the DH. Taking advantage of it with Vogelback, 250 pounds, and just getting on base, eating and drinking Turners, baby. So a couple good signs, a couple not-so-good signs. But overall, story hasn't really changed. Uh, baseball Reference has projections for basically with 90% confidence based on trends and, and games played and whatnot uh, to how the year is going to finish for, for every team. So right now, best case scenario, again, this is with their 90% confidence intervals. Uh, best case scenario, Pirates finish 74 and 88. So it'd be north of 70 wins, but obviously still pretty shitty. Worst case, 20 wins worse at 54 and 108. Only the Baltimore Orioles are potentially projected with a worse record. Pirates and Orioles are the only teams with less than 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. We said this is the Sad Pirate Podcast for a reason. We've got a long, long way to go. Hopefully, some smiles along the way. Number two. A pretty forgettable week, honestly, in Pirate Baseball. But one thing that did come out of it, uh, Dylan Peters started Game 2 of this past series against Milwaukee. Pirates did get swept playing the Brewers. Derek Shelton pulled a little trick out of his bag with the opener. We hadn't really seen the opener come to the Pirates. It's kind of been a strange trend bouncing around baseball where instead of closing the game, you know, with a traditional closer who gets three outs and shuts it down, you start with somebody like that who gets three or six outs, gets through that first part of the, that first time through the rotation, or at least some of it, and then you bring in a starter who works long a longer part. So kind of flips the game on its head a little bit, and it worked. Dylan Peters threw two clean innings uh, against the Brewers. Bryce Wilson comes in. He throws four innings, only allows one hit and four strikeouts. Problem was is is the uh, Brewers starter had a no hitter through like five and two thirds innings. So obviously they couldn't get couldn't get any couldn't capitalize on the pitching here. Will Crow ends up getting charged with the loss uh, right after he came in on the seventh. Two runs played in the first four batters for Will Crow. Only one of those were earned though, thanks to yet another fielding error. It's like watching Barnum and Bailey's circus sometimes with the Pirates in the field. Uh, 13 fielding errors as a team for the Pirates uh, through these first 19 games. That's fourth most in the National League. Kevin Newman, his four errors alone, uh, obviously leads the team by by far. Tied for third most in all of baseball to go along with his just 90% fielding percentage. Oh, by the way, O'Neill Cruz is fielding at a 93.3% fielding percentage in AAA ball so far. Dylan Peters, 12 and a third inning so far this year, 0.00 ERA through those 12 innings. He's only allowed one hit, eight strikeouts, and now one for one in open opportunities. Number three. Number three. This is just a total pivot away from baseball for a second because the, the when the Pirates play the Brewers, we might as well not even fucking watch. So if you ever see the Brewers on the schedule, don't, don't bother. Got swept again. Pirates are 10 and 25 against the Brewers over the last three seasons. Remember, shortened season in 2020. But 10 and 25 against Milwaukee, including 0 and 6 so far to start this year. They are 3 and 19 
over the last 22 games, going back to June 11, 2021, which was the, the first loss for the Pirates in a three-game sweep by the Brewers. Pirates are 104-98 at home in PNC Park when they when they play the Brewers, or excuse me, not just PNC Park, just home in Pittsburgh against the Brewers over the last 25 seasons, 104-98 at home. They are 70-130 and on the road against Milwaukee. At this point, I'd rather see them decide all the remaining games with just a five-on-five best-of-seven series against Milwaukee's famous racing sausages. Now, if you aren't familiar with them, I will introduce them briefly. Number one, and they wear numbers on their chest, so number one, Bratwurst, obviously. Number two, the Polish sausage. Number three, my personal favorite, and I'm sure a crowd favorite, the Italian sausage. Number four is a total imposter, and I'm not sure how he made the list, but he came on after the sausages began running just a couple years later. The hot dog. Fuck the hot dog. And number five is the chorizo, which which I, in Texas, have eaten a shit ton of chorizo and I'm a big fan of. So those are the five sausages that honestly could just take on the top five pierogies. And if we're being honest, the pierogies might not lose a single event. Number four. Touching home here is a bit of a revelation. So the movie Signs with, with Mel Gibson came to mind after the Pirates lost that fateful day, 21 to nothing uh, against the Cubs uh, just a, about a week ago now. As with every eye-rolling instant of Pittsburgh baseball over the last 25 years or so, fans love to dive in and out of, of, of the baseball season. Um, and this was just another chance to pile on, right? It's just a chance to throw more fuel on the fire. But after losing 21 nothing, Pirates fans jumped in and said, oh, here we go again, and then they left. Pirates went down 2-0 in the first inning on Sunday, clawed their way back, and won 4-3 in Wrigley to take 3-4 against Chicago, who have always been a thorn in our side. They were back at 500 after that, so through 16 games, they're 8-8, eight and eight, and it hit me. There are, there are two ways that, that we can look at Pirate baseball uh, over the last two decades, now in its current form, and, and into the future. Totally irreparable or painstakingly possible. Which brings me to the point, signs, and Mel Gibson's alluring observation in that movie about two groups of people. So Mel Gibson turns to Joaquin Phoenix, classic movie duo. He says something to the effect of people break down into two groups when they experience something lucky, right? Group number one, they see that as, as more than luck or, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence. They, they see it as a sign or there's evidence there that someone is, is watching out for them, right? Group number two, they see anything that happens, you know, by chance is pure luck. It could be good, could be bad, but deep down, they feel that whatever happens, good or bad, they're on their own. And, and that fills them with a sense of, just persistent fear. Goes on to say that, you know, there's a whole lot of people that are in group one that see little moments as miracles, really. You know, deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen, there's going to be some sort of positive that comes out of it, and that gives them hope. So you have to ask yourself is, what kind of person are you, right? 
Are you the kind that sees signs or sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? See, what I saw from this club from 2013 to 2015, that wasn't coincidence or chance or luck. I choose to see the signs. I choose to love the goddamn Pittsburgh Pirates and take every small victory as a sign that change is possible. And be damned if that ever changes. Love y'all. Let's go bust. Charlie Roger!